was thinking about going on a trip. And I Googled, where is the coldest place in the world? Most of us know Antarctica, right? And in the Antarctica, there is a place, there's a small little region that it averages between negative 136 to negative 94. Now, as I'm planning my trip, because I'm thinking it should be fun, I thought, flip-flops, right? If it's a negative 136, flip-flops, right? How many of us, and there we have some brave souls out here, right? Ice fishing, ice bass, all those good things. If we were to pack for the Antarctica this morning, we probably wouldn't bring these. It'd be a little out of place, right? Now, there could be some Eskimo dudes there walking around flip-flops because maybe their body's used to it. But most of us in this room, we would not be wearing flip-flops at the Antarctica. I don't know, maybe dress shoes, right? We want to look our best, right? Don't we want to look fancy and nice if we're going to go to the Antarctica and meet new uh, Eskimos and, and penguins, you know, whatever, whoever may be there, right? Maybe we want to look our best. So this morning as we get started in the Word, our title this morning is called Travel Agent. Turn to your neighbor and say, travel agent. It's kind of a thing of the past to think about travel agent. Kim and I went to the Philippines um, 25 years ago, and the travel agent that we were using, I have no idea why we use a travel agent, to be honest with you, but we use a travel agent. And as we use a travel agent, the travel agent, they set up plans, help you get airfare, you know, different things, set up hotels, different stuff like that. We we're going to be missionaries. And so we we're going to be missionaries, but we we're going to the Philippines. Travel agents, they, they were paid, right? They got a little extra boost and pay. They used to set up travel plans and vacations for people. Now today, because all of us are so computer savvy, we can just do it ourselves, right? So travel agents, suitcases, flip-flops dress shoes. Hold all of those thoughts as we get into the Word this morning. If you have our Bibles, we're going to start in John chapter 9, and we'll go to verse 1 this morning. As Jesus was walking along, and I'm going to choose a different background. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Verse 4. Jesus said, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then Jesus spit on the ground. He made mud with the saliva, and he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And so the man went, he washed, and he came back seeing. So this morning I start with this verse, and here's a blind man who it said that he was blind from birth. So as soon as he came out his mother's womb, he was absolutely blind. He could not see a thing. The disciples in this story, and we have to love the disciples because as the disciples are here and they're in this moment, what are the things that they bring up to Jesus? They said, did this man sin in his mother's womb or was he born blind because of the parents' sin? 
And the disciples, this was a belief and a common thought at the time that if you were born with something that was wrong, being blind or crippled, if you were born that way, then you could have sinned, that you possibly could have sinned in the womb. I don't know about you, but when I was in the womb, I was just enjoying whatever mom gave me. I don't think I was thinking about anything bad, right? I don't know about you. But interestingly enough, the disciples point out that sometimes we as people, we're always looking to put the blame on something. And the disciples were like, whose fault is it? You know, sometimes there's just nobody at fault. There's just things that happen. But we as people, because we're so kind and wonderful and sweet, we got to point a finger. we got to put fault on someone. No offense, but sometimes we're the negative Nancy or Karen. It's got to be just mean and wrong and judgmental. Then Jesus says to his disciples sweetly and kindly and full of love, it was not because of sin, but it was so that the power of God could be seen in this man's life. We don't know how old he was, but he was born blind for this moment so that the power of God could be displayed in him. He was born with a tragedy, could not see. I could not imagine, you know, losing my eyesight, not being able to see my pretty wife every day or my beautiful kids. I could not imagine not being able to see the, the grass and the mountains that right now look green before they turn brown, right? Going to the ocean and seeing the waves that crashed on the shore and the stars. I could not imagine not being able to see. And for this man in the story, Jesus said he was born blind so the power of God could be displayed in him. Sometimes we go through things that we would choose not to go through. We wouldn't put it on our worst enemy. But maybe is it God setting us up for something even greater? Is it maybe like this man here that said the power of God could be seen in him, that there are things in our life that maybe God is allowing us to process, to go through, so that there could be a miracle, so that there could be a better and happy ending, so that we could be an example for somebody else. And then Jesus goes on to say, we must, as followers, carry out tasks quickly because the night is coming. And I love how he ended with this in this part of the story, because the night is coming, and this was 2,000 years ago. The night is coming, and it is dark out there. And so I think one of the things that God is asking this morning, it's time to carry out our task a little bit more quickly, because the night, it is, it is ticking, ticking, tick, 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 getting closer. What task may he be asking us to do? Something good, something kind. Passing on Jesus, the love, the grace, the mercy, the hope, Palm Sunday, the victory, the branches, giving something that will help someone in their life. And lastly, in the story, which I did not read, but I bring up the religious, when they found out that this man had been healed of his blindness, they were upset. And you know why they were upset? Because it was Sabbath. How many of us remember, I quickly read through the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments was to honor and obey the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Rest. Do nothing. And so for the religious people, I like how they, they have to always, again, the disciples did in this story, but also the religious, they had to point out that Jesus 
the Son of God was taken away. They did not care that this man was given a whole new life. The religious people did not care that he was giving eyesight for the very first time. He could see other people. He could look in the mirror and see, wow, I am handsome. For the very first time in his life, he was given a new opportunity. But for the religious people, do you know that every, almost every encounter, the religious people, they were more upset that Jesus broke rules and they lost sight of a human being. Every single time. Every time Jesus was with someone and he did something good, it seemed like he was breaking the rules and it bothered the religious. And so they always had to point out, he's breaking the law, he's breaking the law. Because for them, they cared more about rules and obedience, even though they weren't really obedient themselves. But they had to portray themselves, they had to portray themselves as being obedient. Yes, they studied the law. Yes, they knew the law. Yes, they knew what it said. And so sometimes for us as people, sometimes rules become more important than even the people we know ourselves. And sometimes even as people, pride, our own pride becomes more important and hurting other people doesn't really bother us anymore. And sometimes our culture, sometimes it's just our selfish way that we are willing to put another person down not willing to see the good in one other person or what God is doing. Because truthfully, and let's be honest, all of us get a little religious at times. We like to point out when someone else is breaking the rules, but close your eyes when I do. We all, I do this, right? I break the rules sometimes. I'm not going to tell you about it, but I break the rules sometimes. I like to speed, even though my car is only a four-cylinder. I try to push it as hard as I can. And you can hear it, man. As soon as you turn on, it's like, it's like cutting because it's like, whew. And so this morning, God reminds us, this is the month. This is the time. This is the season. Stop pointing out other people's dirt, mud, mistakes, and their how they are breaking the rules because we do as well. Stop pointing at other people and see that we do as well, because we all can be a little hypocritical. This morning, our next text is Matthew 12, 22. And I've got quite a few different verses, and then we're going to kind of bring it all to point here at the end. Matthew 12, 22, it says, There was a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak, and he was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, Could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle... No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. And so this morning as we look at this text, we see again, here's a man who was born. He didn't say he was born, but he was blind and he couldn't speak. Now, this text says that he could not see, could not speak because he was demon possessed. Jesus in this story showing his power, showing who he is, he rebukes the demon this man receives his sight. He's able to speak. And what do the religious do? They want to put him down. What do they say to Jesus? What do they say to everyone standing there? No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan. Have we ever listened to the way we talk about other people? Because, again, we find the religious putting down Jesus 
because he's doing something good. There are people in our life who are doing good things, but yet we still put them down to make ourselves feel better. It's in all of our nature. That's why God made us so wonderful, complex, right? We are complex, like an onion. There's so many layers, right? But every single, because I do it, and I listen to conversations, and I listen to people talk, and I know what they say, we are so much like the Pharisees that we put people down, sometimes without even realizing it. Do you know that when we sleep, our brain does not sleep? Our subconscious, our conscience. And so sometimes I think there are things happening in our subconscious brain that when we're with other people, we act out of our thoughts without realizing sometimes what we do. But as people, sometimes we put others down, even when other people are doing good. My next text is Luke chapter 20, Luke 11, verse 23. And it says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home. It's all swept. It's in order. The spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they will all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off before. And again, this morning, I have a number of different texts, and we're going to kind of pull it together. But Jesus brings up the point that sometimes we as people, we seek to do good, and sometimes we seek, how many of us like to clean our house? Andrew was the first one with his hands up. Give him a brownie point, right? We know he's on it. Jesus said spiritually, hopefully he didn't lie because we're in church where he's going to get zapped, right? He sweeps. I like to vacuum, too. That's what my parents forced me to do when I was a kid. I had the vacuum job, so I, I still enjoy vacuuming. Jesus said when you clean your house spiritually, sometimes we don't understand that we can leave a window open. And when you leave that window open, you're leaving an open door for spirits to come back in to oppress you. And this morning, I don't think any of us are, you know, possessed or oppressed by demons because, you know, look at us. We're all... Good-looking, wonderful people, nice, happy, smiling this morning. We all have good attitudes, and we're happy. But are we careful enough spiritually to understand that there is a demonic world out there? And have we, have I, at times, left my ears, my eyes, like open windows, not careful to allow things that appear good? Satan is what? He's an angel of light. What does he do? He wants to act like something good. Until he can just pounce on us like a lion. Luke 13, 10 says, One Sabbath day Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, and he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She'd been bent double, bent over for 18 years, and was unable to stand up. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. And then he touched her, and he instantly, and instantly she could stand straight. And then she praised God. And so the last person I want to point out this morning was a woman that was crippled for 18 years. She could not stand up straight. She was hunched over 18 years. That's a long time. That's a long time, you know, to walk around like this. And and if you can imagine, I don't know if you can remember junior high, but if that if she was in junior high, all the kids what they would say and make fun of this lady. 
right? If any one of us remember junior high, kids can be brutal in junior high. High school sometimes isn't better either, right? And so this morning I bring up those three people, and I'm going to get back to my suitcase. Because how many of us know this morning that we are given the opportunity to live life? And sometimes with the opportunity to live life, if we were to look at this is sand and dirt from my front yard, actually really not mine, it's kind of a little bit over, so I stole it, but I'm going to put it back. If we were to take, I borrowed for a little while, if we were to take each little grain, dirt, sand, and think that life is being built upon the moments, and how many grains of sand have I lived, and how many moments have I gone through that have built me into the wonderful person that I am today? The three people I shared this morning that I started with, we had a person who was crippled. We had a person who was blind from birth. There was a man who was possessed by a demon and could not speak, right? What we don't understand spiritually is sometimes the grains of sands that we're allowing in our life. The thought process is I need to live my best life. I'm curious and I need to experience life. I need to make the most out of my life. I need to live strong and hard and maximize every single day. But sometimes what we don't understand and realize, the things that we're striving for are crippling us. The people that we're talking to are actually blinding us spiritually because they're not a good influence for us. The windows of my house, the windows of my door, I didn't realize it, but I allowed their dirt to become my dirt. And now I can't see. And now I feel distant from God. And now I don't hear him like I used to. Sometimes we don't understand that it, this life that's been given to us, it is a physical life, but it's a spiritual life. And so we're collecting moments like sand, like little pieces of sand. But sometimes what we don't see, maybe I collected the wrong piece this time. Maybe I got the wrong grain this time. Because it's so easy to let bitterness creep in. And it's so easy to let anger creep in. And it's so easy to let a religious spirit creep in. And so we can see sometimes, no matter how pretty we want our dirt to look, and I've got my little spoon shovel there so I can put it back. I showed it just so you can see. But you know what also happens sometimes? We collect rocks. With my pile of rocks here, I don't know if you can tell, I have some big rocks and I have some smaller rocks. But you know what? No matter the size, man, that drops like a bomb almost. I know I probably shouldn't say bomb in church, but it's heavy. And then you know what we do with our rocks? You know what we do with our dirt? We put them back in our suitcase. So we started with a trip that we were so excited to go to the Antarctica. We had flip-flops. Why not? 
And then we see these people who've gone through hard things in life, kind of like us. And so we've been collecting dirt. We've been collecting rocks. And now our bag, you know what? It seems heavy. It seems like our bag is full of weights. I'll return these, babe. And the suitcase that was once given to us that was empty, pure, and clean, God, now it's so heavy. Life is so heavy. And as life goes on for many of us, kind of like the three people in this story, my bag just seems to get heavier. It seems to get heavier and heavier until, you know what, I just can't carry it anymore. Until I can't, I have to stop. Which brings us to our main text this morning, which is Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 12, verse 12. As Jesus was, that looks different, sorry. There we go. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, the news swept through the city, and a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches. They took palm branches. Maybe my palm branch. They took palm branches, and they went down the road to meet him. And they shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey, and he rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming. He's riding on a donkey's colt. The disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus, had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him. Because they'd heard about this miraculous sign. And then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after Jesus. Sorry, just making sure we're all on the same page. They were waving palm branches. They were shouting victory. They were putting their coats. And for the people in this story... Again, the more pieces we, we start to build upon, you'll kind of see it comes together. The people in the story, they were hoping that Jesus was going to be the Messiah who was going to deliver them from the Roman rule and the oppression that they felt. The people in the time, they were looking for a king. They were looking for a man, just like many people in our world today, looking for that guy, right? They were looking for someone. Someone who was going to save them. Someone who was going to deliver them. But it wasn't so much thinking of eternity. It was someone who was going to save me now. Hosanna, save me now. They were physically caught up in the moment thinking, I need a savior for me in this moment and this, this oppression of the Romans. And so they're waving palm branches. They're thinking victory. They're thinking Jesus is the guy. They took off their coats. They laid it on the ground. They were preparing the way for a king. But you know, in this story, King Jesus was not the king that they were looking for. 
King Jesus was not the king that they were looking for. Kind of like many of our hearts this morning, many of us, we are singing, we are praising, we are shouting, we are looking for a savior. But it's not, it's not Jesus that we're looking for. We're looking for something different. Just as they were looking for something different. God gave us this beautiful life that we can see. God gave us this physical life to us. But how many of us have seen in life that this physical life, there's also a spiritual life? Do you know that from the beginning of time, people have been looking for a higher power? It's funny to hear people, I don't know if you've ever heard conversations about a higher power. And it's funny to hear people talk about, you know, the universe. The universe is helping me today. God is awesome. This higher power. From the very beginning, people, from the very beginning, did you know that they knew that there was something else other than this physical life that we're seeing? That's why there's 4,200 different religions. There's so many different gods because so many people are searching, wanting, and looking. Jesus, on Palm Sundays, he rides in. He's admitting, yes, I'm King Jesus. But I'm different than what you think. I'm different than what you think. And so as we move on to our next text, Luke 17, verse 20, it says, One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected, can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is. It's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Already among you. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we know one of our favorite verses. We live by believing and not by seeing. We live by believing and not by seeing. A couple more texts, and then we're going to start wrapping up, I promise. John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is an earth, is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And so this morning I started with my suitcase, and I mentioned that we might be going on a trip, or maybe that I'd be going on a trip, and I would be going to the Antarctica, and I brought up my flip-flops. For many of you, you probably thought that was silly. Why would you go somewhere where it's negative 136, negative 136 wearing flip-flops? Your toes would fall off, dummy, right? But spiritually this morning, you see, many of us are letting our physical world, what we think what we hope, what we look for, kind of like the people in this story, my own kind of Savior. I'm going to make Jesus out to be my own kind of Savior, however I want him to be, to save me from every single thing that I need saving from. When sometimes we're not understanding what we plan for, what we hope for, what we packed our bags with, we packed for the wrong trip. We packed for the wrong trip. Travel agent, if you look that up in the dictionary, it's a person who helps book flights, hotels, events, tours, leisure, pleasure, entertainment. They assess, they assess each customer's unique needs, preference, and here's my favorite, budget. And they try to help you plan that trip. But you know what? Sometimes in life, spiritually, some of us, we've chosen the wrong travel agent. Because we're not sure who we're listening to. 
And so our thoughts, can become judgmental, can become bitter, can become angry, could go to a lot of places because we listened to the wrong travel agent. If you're going to go to the Antarctica and your travel agent tells you to pack flip-flops, you might want to smack them on the head. But why is it spiritually we don't do that? When the devil, the angel of light comes and he wants to try to influence us with subtle little lies and subtle little seeds, how come we don't knock them on the head? How many of us have ever tried to teach our kids common sense? Use your head. Did any of us use that word this week? Common sense. Common sense. Why aren't you using common sense? But you know what's interesting? Why is it many of us adults, when it comes to spiritual things, don't use common sense either? You see, when you play with dirt and rocks, you're going to be dirty. But how many of us continue to play with dirt and rocks? And yet, we teach our kids common sense, common sense. But don't mind me. I'm going to play with dirt today. I'm going to get dirty. I'm going to gather some more rocks. See, the whole thing with Palm Sunday <coughs> to kind of reflect upon ourselves, to think it's not about anyone else, honestly, this morning, but it's about me. And do I take my spiritual life and do I allow the spiritual life to dominate my physical life? Or am I letting the physical world that I see dominate every part of my life? Am I letting the dirt? Am I letting the rocks? Am I letting my travel agent? Am I letting my suitcase? Am I letting so many different things dominate my life that I can't see truth? That I can't see through. And all of us this morning, we can wave palm branches and we can sing victory. And I'm going to bring one for you this morning. So you don't have to ask my Aunt Shirtle if you can have one of these if you want. But we can sing, dance, and we can say victory as many times as we want to. But unless we're truly walking in victory, does it really mean anything? Common sense. And if I'm still talking about your dirt, <laughs> And I definitely haven't got it yet. And if you're talking about my dirt, you haven't got it yet either. Jesus alone gives victory. There's no man, there is no woman who can raise the dead. There is no person on this planet. There is as nice as I am, as nice as my beautiful wife is, we cannot save you from your sin. Jesus Christ alone gives us victory can save us, heal us, deliver us, and lead us into eternity. Jesus alone. This week is called Passion Week. And it's a week to reflect on what Jesus did, how he lived, what he suffered, why did he suffer, what he was sacrificed for, leading up to the greatest moment in history, which is Resurrection Sunday. And this morning as we start to wrap up, I didn't all buy you a suitcase. I know sometimes I bring presents and visual aids for you, but I only have this one. If you want to borrow it for a week, you can bring it back next Sunday. 
But as we start to wrap up this morning, I just wonder, how full is your suitcase? And I wonder this morning, what travel agent have you been listening to? Because no matter how good we are, the devil could still be distracting us from what we're supposed to be doing. Remember that little verse where Jesus said, you must carry out the tasks because night is coming. So what is one of the things the devil wants to do? Distract us from the tasks. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean it's horrible. I'm living my best life. I'm collecting all the dirt, rocks, and weight I can. Who's going to be your travel agent this week? And this morning, as we close and pray, and we've had many moments of reflection, I hope this morning that the Holy Spirit has stirred something inside of you. And you walk out knowing there is a physical world, but the physical world, have I allowed that to dominate my spiritual, the spiritual world? Jesus said his kingdom, it's not of this world. But even though it's not of this world, it should dominate the one that we live in. So heavy are your bags. And as we leave, the greatest thing, the most awesome and amazing thing, Jesus Christ, when you confess, when you believe, and when you choose to follow after him, when you say, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight, I'm going to choose to believe more than what I see. I'm going to keep trusting even when I can't see it. I'm going to keep believing even when I don't feel it. I'm going to keep on singing even when I can't feel like I can sing anymore. I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on doing because my faith is going to dictate, my faith in God is going to dictate what I do. So it's just a moment to say, have I fully given my life to God, to Jesus, to be my travel agent? Jesus said to the disciples, come And so one of the most important questions of this season, Palm Sunday, Resurrection Week, Passion Week, is am I following Jesus Christ who gives life? Jesus said if you hang on to your physical life, you're going to lose it. If you try to gain the world, you're going to lose. But Jesus said if you give your life to me, then only will you find real life. And so the greatest question we ask ourselves this morning, am I following after Is he just some king to me? Is he just some guy to me? Is he just some teacher who's good at teaching? Or is Jesus my Lord, my Savior, my Messiah? I believe. I'm confessing with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord. But now I'm going to choose to follow. I think all of us in here, if we're honest, we have a lot of dirt at times and a lot of rocks. And it's not, I don't bring it up to say that we should talk about each other's dirt and rocks because be honest with you, most of the time it's pointless. But if we're caring more than what we should, it's really hard to live life. It's really hard to live with the amount of dirt and rocks that we're trying to carry. And all God simply says this morning, put it down and follow me. Is there anything God is saying? Look, You're holding back in this area. It's time to lay it down and follow me. It's time to lay it down and follow me. I made a decision 26, 27 years ago 
even though I grew up in church, I didn't really understand all that God was asking. God was asking for 100%, and he was asking for all of my life. And to be honest with you, at times we could think that sounds like a lot to give 100%, to give everything. But until you give everything, you're not going to see how great it is on the other side. And I don't mean great like we are walking on water and money's floating down from heaven. But I mean the other side, the life. Jesus said, I came to give a rich, full, satisfying life. There's so many things that go into that. But you're not going to see and you're not going to feel unless you completely give 100% of everything that you have. And so this morning, I encourage you and I challenge you this morning, this week, to ask yourself, am I following after? Honest with you this morning, what really, what more can we say? God, here's my heart. Completely offered to you.